Welcome back, folks, to the Ronin Rabbit, a Usagi Yojimbo fan podcast. My name's Ed Moore. I'm your host. Uh, periodically, we get together and uh, talk about the Fantagraphic slash Dark Horse slash a uh, couple other company uh, character creation of Mr. Stan Sakai, uh, Mayamoto Usagi. A lot of fans know him as uh, Usagi Ojimbo. Now this is a spoiler podcast. The stories that I go over, I'll be going over the story uh, elements, plot points, things that uh, stuck out to me, other things that I may have learned. So if uh, if you haven't read this story and want to and don't want to be spoiled, be, uh, be aware. Now this um, episode, I'll be talking about the story Zilla from Usagi Ojimbo, Volume 1, Issue 6, published February 1988 by Fantagraphics. Now, we have skipped the uh, episode 16 we talked about, well, uh, episode 15 we talked about, Issue 4. This issue, episode uh, 17, and last episode 16, we're talking about Issue 6, two separate stories. Next episode we'll be talking about the Silk Fair, uh, which was in issue one uh volume one issue five, published in January nineteen eighty eight. Um not sure exactly why, but Mr. Sakai felt that when he put together the uh Fantagraphics uh special edition hardcover that I use as my source um, those two stories Zilla and Kappa occurred before Silk Fair in this, although they were published after. So, But anyways, Zilla is our story uh, this episode. Main characters are uh, Miyamoto Usagi, uh, of course. The character Zilla, which learn more about here as, as I get into the story, and uh, one of the um, more used um, side characters, the, uh, the woodcutters, uh, husband and wife, poor couple uh, who are always, or not always, well, they're typically seen in the stories carrying big bundles of wood on their back, and they're they're used as a, a more comedic uh, kind of foil for Usagi. So the story opens. We have a prologue. Uh, the two woodcutters are uh, going back home, probably from having collected firewood, and uh, the husband is singing a song. And they stumble, the wife notices, uh, and they stumble upon a big egg kind of stuck over in the in the weeds. So they investigate the egg a little bit, and, and being uh, poor common folk, one of the first things that pops into m- mind is eating. So they decide that they're going to take the egg uh, to a nearby hot spring, cook it in the hot spring, and, and eat it. So the uh, husband woodcutter drops off his wood, lashes the big egg to his back, which is every bit as big as the three bundles of wood that he had. It's it's a pretty big egg, probably half his size by the looks of it. He bundles that to his backpack, and they proceed to the nearby hot springs. So now the story opens with uh, Usagi at an inn being served some food that he's requested by the innkeeper, while a group of uh, gentlemen who we later come to find are just another group of brigands, which this feudal 
time setting of Japan seems to just be rife with brigands everywhere. But they're sitting there drinking sake and, and just generally making a nuisance of themselves. Um, Usagi and, and the innkeeper are uh, exchanging pleasantries, and Usagi is seen paying for his meal. Uh, when he gets his change back, he drops it in his change purse. And the brigands all notice that he is carrying a change purse that is, um, you know, uh, noticeably hefty. Unbeknownst to Usagi, he didn't realize that he, he showed this. Um, as Usagi is, is getting ready to leave, he uh, grimaces and, and mentions having a, a stiff back. And the innkeeper tells him that uh, right down the road are some hot springs. Perhaps that would be a, a good way for you to recuperate uh, sitting in those hot springs. So they go outside and the innkeeper just kind of points Usagi uh, down the road and gives him some vague directions as how to get there. Usagi takes off. Well, back in the inn, a couple minutes later, the brigands decide that they have given Usagi enough time to go, that now they're going to go out, and while he is occupied in the hot springs, they're going to rob him of the purse that they saw him using. So we um, cut back to the woodcutting couple. Uh, they have dropped the egg off in, in the or one of the hot springs. I'm not really sure if it's a series or not, but in a hot spring. And uh, the husband picks it up thinking that it's done, and they notice that it's cracking. Just as they attempt to further the crack, they set the egg down, and the egg cracks on its own. And in uh, one panel, we see a section of the egg that has fallen out, and inside we see dark with just these couple eyes looking out. And whatever's inside, you hear, say, Z-Y-L with a question mark, Zil. So the uh, upon hearing that, the husband and wife run away screaming that it's some kind of monster. And we don't see it occur, but we see uh, Mr. Sakai's drawn it so that there's a rustling in the bushes. Apparently where this creature has gone, he doesn't want us to see it yet. And we hear it say the word La, L-A, question mark. So we have a Zil, and we have a La, kind of alluding to... I think you know what what he is uh, playing on with this creature. If you think about it, Usagi now has reached uh, the hot springs and he is disrobing and divesting himself of the swords. But in the process, he hears this rustling over in the bushes, and he goes up to the bushes and uh, demands that whoever is there step out and we see a part in the bushes with these eyes and the eyes are drawn the same as they were in the egg and it says Zil, La and Osagi says, oh, well you're just a, a Tokagi lizard so here, and he reaches and gets one of the balls of rice that he asked the innkeeper to make uh, before his journey out and the creature, whatever this is in the bushes, eats it rather heartily, we can tell. And then he exclaims, Zilla! Like, you know, that was good. So, uh, Usagi realizes that he did indeed like it, and he uh, he tosses it another uh, rice ball. And uh, 
then he goes back to the hot spring and we see Usagi sitting in the hot spring with his clothes folded and piled up on the, the ground next to him with his swords laying across it. The brigands uh, approach him, all five of them with their swords drawn, and they indicate that they're going to take his clothes, take his swords, take his money, and kill him all. So Usagi uh, berates himself and lunges for his sword, but he's stopped. And uh, the brigand that stops him then decides that he's going to attack and go ahead and kill him so they can get on with the rest of their their plan. Uh, but in the attack, he takes a swipe. He takes an overhand swipe at Usagi, who captures the sword in a two-handed smash over his head, as I'm sure we've all seen at one point or another, the the quickness of the martial artist able to do that, and twists the sword, throwing the brigand into the hot spring. There's a tussle. The brigand partially hops out of the water with this triumphant look on his face, uh, apparently holding Usagi down. But then we see the death head, and Usagi jumps up out of the water in place of the brigand, holding a sword. The leader of the brigands exclaims, you know, you've done it now, you've killed him, uh, now we are definitely going to kill you, but is distracted by the exclamation of Zilla from the bushes nearby, and he turns his attention to the bushes to um, see what it is waiting to ambush them as their attention was on Usagi. And this big lizard pushes its way through the bushes uh, yelling Zilla, Z-Y-L-L-A. All of the brigands are momentarily taken aback except one who indicates, ah, it's just a frog, attack it and kill it. And so they all make a motion to kill and attack Zilla, but he unleashes a, uh, a fiery blast of, of breath. He breathes fire onto him and kills them. And then uh, this Zilla looks over at Usagi and says, Zilla? Usagi um, is looking at him and looking at the results of what he did, and he says, What are you? You look like a lizard, but you breathe fire. Are you a god, comma, Zilla? And then the Zilla says, Godzilla? No subtleties there. Usagi jumps out of the um, hot pools and gets dressed, secures his sword, gives Zilla the last of the rice balls, and then continues on his journey, uh, telling the creature that perhaps we'll meet again. I'm on my way to the city. You should try your luck there too someday. Ha ha. So there we have a, a, an homage to Godzilla with. Uh, several sly and, and perhaps backhanded and not too subtle uh, allusions to the the mythos of, of Godzilla. Now some of the things to, to uh, I thought that I took note of were the woodcutters. I mentioned those. Uh, they're going to be a recurring character. They've popped up a couple times so far. And I think they will continue on and off throughout the, the run of, of Usagi. Uh, we have yet another Death's Head appearance. Uh, still not a um, commonly used uh, thing, but uh, it, it does show up again. And uh, all of the um, Zilla, Godzilla jokes 
uh, rampage. Uh, you should visit the city and everything. So uh, we can see that this short story was just an, an homage uh, Mr. S uh, Sakai did for the uh, Godzilla mythos. So we, we have Usagi meeting the creature that would eventually become Godzilla. Uh, that's that's the uh, the story that I wanted to cover today, guys. Thanks for for listening uh, to me go on a little bit. If you have anything to add, uh, be sure to email me at usagipodcast@gmail.com. The website is thereaderfeed.com that the shows are hosted. Um, I do post whenever a show goes live on the Usagi Ujimbo Dojo Facebook page, and I want to. Uh, thank Mr. Hubble uh, for allowing me to do that. Ronin Rabbit is also on Google+. Plus. There's a Google Plus page for it. And I'm not on Pinterest. I don't think I'm going to be on Pinterest for any of you that know that. But I just thought I'd throw that out there. And if you uh, are um, inclined and you do download this from iTunes, please take a second and leave an iTunes review. Also, if we have any uh, listeners in Canada or the UK or uh, that speak English anywhere else in the world, um, feel free to leave me a uh, an iTunes review and I'll I'll hunt it up. And I say English speaking not because I'm biased in any way other than that's the only language that I really speak. So if you were to leave it in another language, I could recognize it, but I wouldn't be able to read it on uh, on the show, which is what I would like to do. So. By all means, regardless of language, if you want to leave a review, uh, please do so. Just know that probably outside English it may be a little hard for me to uh, read it. I, I could get it translated probably on, on the Internet, but I don't know how faithful that translation would be. That's my understanding. A problem with a lot of those auto-translations, Google and whatnot, is that the, the syntax and the colloquialisms, of course, they don't get. You, you need a, a live interpreter for that. Um, not any feedback or, or anything like that this episode. Do want to thank Mr. Derek Coward for his behind-the-scenes technical help, um, posting the shows and maintaining the website and things like that. I know lately that he's gotten very busy with a, a new job that he's acquired, but he's still working hard to maintain these aspects behind the scene for the Deliberate Noise and Comic Book Noise Networks, of which the Ronin Rabbit is a very, very proud member of. And all that being said, I do appreciate it, guys, and I uh, hope you'll come back next episode, which would be episode 18, uh, wherein I'll be talking about the Silk Fair story. And I appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys later. This is a Teal Production. <laughs>